listening to The Terrific Teacherpreneur, a podcast for teachers looking to grow a successful online business. Your host, Alex, was able to transform her Teachers Pay Teachers store from a small side hustle into a profitable full-time business. She now helps other teachers do the same. Listen along for actionable tips and helpful wisdom about business and marketing as a teacherpreneur. Here's your host, Alex. Hey there, welcome to the Terrific Teacherpreneur podcast. I'm your host, Alex, and this week's episode is a little bit unusual. I want to start off by telling a little bit of a story, and it's going to be a marketing story and a little bit of a story from my childhood kind of meshed into one, but it's going to have an overall sort of big, you know, learning kind of lesson at the end of it. So let's go back in time, and I want to tell you about one of my first experiences seeing the wonders of marketing. So how far back in time are we going? Well, we are going back a good 20 years into the early noughties, specifically around 2001 to 2002, 2003, that kind of time. I was living back then in a place called Paderborn in Germany. I was an army brat. So in the British army, my dad was in the British army. You moved around a lot and you actually like lived in different countries. It was pretty cool. And yeah, Germany was one of the places I lived when I was a kid. and. I mean, I'm sure you remember what it's like as a kid. There were so many crazes and trends and things that you bought and things that you gushed about with your friends. Like we all have those memories, I'm sure. But one of the memories that I have of that time was an obsession I had and all my friends and my sister and everyone I knew had with something called diddle. Now, you are probably listening to the thinking like, what on earth is that? I'm gonna have to Google it. What is she talking about? (laughs) It's essentially a little mouse. Basically, it was, I think it was originally started as a cartoon that um, someone in Germany obviously created. And the cartoon was obviously pretty cute and obviously did well. And they started putting it on, you know, some commercial products. They put it on bits of stationery and things like that. Well, what essentially I think was just a picture of a mouse on some stationery blew up in the early noughties in Germany. And so something really crazy happened. It kind of spiraled out of control. They essentially just released a bunch of these like pretty notepads that had the little mouse in the corner. And the mouse would obviously be doing different activities. You know, some notepads, it was holding a flower. Other ones, it was a mad scientist. You know, then it was in a hat. Then it had a dog. Then it was like, I don't know. It was always doing these cute little things. It was always like dressed up or doing something silly, whatever. And, you know, I would go to the shops with my mom and my sister and the newest, you know, diddle pad would be released. It was just really just this notepad. And Emily and I, my sister would be like, oh, can we get a new one? Can we get a new one? My mom would buy us one each. And she must have just thought, what is it with these kids? Why do they want these like essentially just piles of paper? It really was just like these little notepads with little pictures of mice on them. And she must have just thought, oh, whatever. It's only, you know, a few bucks kind of thing. But we would insist every week on getting, you know, like a new diddle pad or whatever. And then, you know, you would go out into the streets and play with your friends. And, you know, you would trade papers with them. I had this big folder full of them and you try to collect all the different papers, you know, you got the pad. So you would kind of give away all your spares and you try and trade and get a good one. And I used to spend, yeah, all my afternoons and evenings in Germany as a child swapping bits of paper with people. Now, as a kid, it was all just good fun. It was just one of those, you know, one of those crazes, one of those trends that just happened at that time and in that place. And I'm sure you've got many stories of your own. I mean, I had years before and after that where I was trading Pokemon cards and we played with Tamagotchis and all those fun things in the 90s and noughties. 
But at that point in time, there was something that really stood out to me about that. And it was just the idea that as kids, we could be obsessed with literally a piece of paper. And now I look back at it as a full-grown woman and a business owner. And I think back on those memories of that time in Germany, I think, well, there was some seriously good marketing happening there. How did this company get all these thousands and thousands of children and all these parents too, to invest all this time and money into bits of paper. Like it was a marvel when you really, really think about it, how much money people were spending on it and how obsessed people got with it, which was essentially just a bits of paper. It's a pretty cool thing. And so you're probably thinking, okay, well, what's the point of this episode? Just going on about these like little bits of paper with mice on them. But I want to kind of get to the moral of the story here. When I think about that time and I think about that marketing, I think, well, the company that made that and the people behind that, they were doing two things really well. One was they were obviously creating a trend, something that they created and that they kind of pushed. And it was essentially a trend, a trendy thing, which happens all the time in education and children's toys. I mean, I don't know, I don't keep up with it much nowadays, but I know that desk pets are really popular and there's fidget spinners and poppets. I mean, we all know that, you know, kids go through these crazes where they buy things and that's fine. But I mean, something just crazy about the fact that I was buying all this paper. <laughs> so that's part one of the marketing that they did was they, you know, they created this trend. It was a trend that was happening. And we all know that when things are trendy and in, people buy it. And even as adults, we're the same, you know, when something's in fashion or something's really cool, we tend to buy it more. So this company obviously had a trend that they created, which is great. But the second part of their market plan that was obviously really, really good was they capitalized on what worked. They must have released a couple of these little bits of stationery and just found, wow, these are selling like hotcakes. They must have heard that there were children on the streets, you know, swapping with each other and getting really excited. And what do you think they did? They made more. And like I said, I was there every week buying these little notepads. They made hundreds of them, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them in different sizes. Like I said, the little mice was doing all these different things in the pictures. Man, they capitalized on it. They saw that something was selling and they made more of it. And they made a lot more of it. They didn't think, hey, I should go and start a new trend or I should put a rat on the paper or I should turn it into something else. They're like, okay, people like this. Let's do more of it. Exactly the same, but just slightly different. I'm just going to keep doing it. So they capitalized on what worked and they made more and more and more and obviously lined their pockets. Marketing genius, like I said. The other thing they did was they branched out a little bit but not too much. Like I said, they didn't change the animal or do anything too crazy, but they plonked that little mouse onto various other types of stationery. And I remember having like little envelopes and pencils and other things, you know, little folders and stuff. There was other stuff you could buy that had the little diddle mouse on it. So they found ways to kind of branch out their revenue a little bit more and have more streams of income and more ways to basically make this cash cow bring them even more money. So that is the end of that little marketing story. I'm sure you are probably thinking, wow, yeah, they did a pretty good job making a huge amount of money off a few bits of paper. But how does that apply to our businesses? Why am I telling you this story? Why is that even relevant? Because as TPT sellers, you are quite simply a teacher or an SLP or whatever you are, and you sell resources on Teachers Pay Teachers, you are running a business. You're simply making resources and products that you sell to people and get them to buy. You are running a business. Marketing matters. And this does apply to us. So I want to talk about the things I've just talked about, but now apply them to TPT. So let's have a little look at those things to do with Diddle and how they apply to TPT. So the Diddle company created a trend. 
Now, you may be the person on TPG that is able to create a trend. Like you are able to create a new type of product or a new way of doing things that becomes trendy. I mean, I don't know the full story of this, but I know that there are some things out there like brag tags and things like there are some things where, you know, someone out there has created something, they've ultimately trademarked it, like it's become really popular, everyone else is trying to create similar things. There are a lot of examples on TPT of people creating trends, creating a certain type of resource and it takes off. Now, I'm not saying as a seller that you need to put this immense amount of pressure on yourself to be a complete trendsetter and you've got to create these hugely unique resources and be the person that starts the trends. That's not as easy as it sounds, but it's definitely something to think about. If you can, you know, if you can make a trend, go for it. But you can also sort of jump in on trends. You've got to kind of keep your ears to the ground on what's going on in education and what's going on with children and what they're buying, what they're loving, because you can make resources that kind of cash in on current trends. And so that's like, you know, those poppets are really popular. People started making resources that use those little poppet things. So, you know, you can sort of look at the trends that are going on outside of TPT and bring them to TPT and join in with everyone else doing them. Kind of get on the trend bandwagon. That's something you can be doing. So you're essentially that person that either designs the diddle papers or, you know, you're making something similar. That is what you can do to be a bit like that company. Now, the next thing that the diddle company did was it's not just that they made this trend, they capitalized on it. They saw it was working and they made more and more and more of it. Now within your store, you may make trendy items, but you can also just be looking at your resources in general and saying, hey, I didn't realize that this product or this bestseller or this product line or this bundle is doing really well. Now I can sit here and celebrate. I can open a you know bottle of champagne or I can open my, my laptop and I can make more of this. So a little action item for you would be that I would like literally tell you right now, go to your dashboard, go to your product statistics, go and look at your data and look at what is hot and doing well and selling well for you. And that can be, you know, in general in your store, it can be seasonal, whatever, but just what is doing well and ask yourself, how can I capitalize on that? How can I do the equivalent of what this diddle company did where they just made so many more of these little diddle pad things and there were so many new ones coming out. You know, as a kid, I was just frothing at the mouth. I needed the next one how can you do that too? You've got something that's selling in your store and doing well and teachers are clearly wanting it. You need to be asking yourself, how can I make more of this? How can I monopolize this and capitalize on this? So making similar resources to ones you've already made, expanding, creating product lines, you know, making another version of it. If you've got, for example, a certain set of task cards you just made on a whim one day they done really, really well. You need to be stepping back and saying, well, what else can I do with this? Can I make more task cards, but for a different topic or a different standard or a different seasonal holiday or theme? You know, could I ultimately make this big product line of task cards that I eventually bundle? You know, ask yourself how you can capitalize on it. And then like the Diddle company did, you know, they sort of started making more products, but they were not just paper. They started making other stationery and other things. You can do that too. You don't have to make the exact same type of product as your bestseller. You can capitalize on what works, but change it slightly. So you could be saying, okay, well, Valentine's Day stuff does really well in my store. Maybe I need to make more Valentine's Day resources or that specific math concept does really well. And I'll make a different type of resource, but I'm going to you know, capitalize on that math concept because clearly fractions does well. There are a lot of kind of things you can look at in your store and you can make a similar thing, but slightly different. There's so many options there. Basically, the takeaway that I want you to have is I want you and your business to be 
basically channeling that diddle company the best that you can and thinking about the way they did things and the, and the things they did and didn't do. I mean, when they saw that a bunch of these little notepads with mice on them were selling well, they didn't think, okay, cool, that's fun. I'll celebrate, but I'm going to now go and make something different. I'm going to now make a video game about a wolf. No, they were like, whoa, whoa, people like this thing. Let's do more of this. And as sellers, we sometimes have best-selling products and we're like, oh, cool, people like my edition math centers. That's fun. Anyway, I feel like making a phonics resource. Yay. And we're going to do that. But really, the smart business decision would be to say, whoa, people like these math centers. I think for the next few months, that needs to be my priority. I'll leave that phonics resource. I need to be focusing on making more of these math centers because people are telling me they like it and I need to listen. So listen to what your buyers are telling you, which is through your data mostly. What is selling well? What is selling like hotcakes? Um, don't just like sit back and celebrate, make more of it. And you can make it as similar as you like to what currently sells. You can, like I said, tweak it slightly, make it a little bit different, but you want to just be capitalizing on what works and especially really trying to cater to those trends if you can. On TBT, trends don't just start with, you know, toys that are popular in classrooms or on, you know, the outside of the actual TBT website. There are even just sort of trends on TBT and the way we do things. I mean, a few years ago, all of my covers on TBT had Chevron on them. Now they don't. Now I've got product photography and who knows what our covers will look like in five or 10 years time. You know, things change in the way they look all the time even just in the way we list things. And I think it's really important to keep up to date on that. You know, I've been hearing a lot in Facebook groups lately. Some people have had, you know, the sales have been dropping slightly. They've been struggling based on algorithm changes and things. That's something that's been happening in the back to school season around that kind of time. And like, as of recording this, and honestly, you know, a lot of the time, if you're a really big season seller, you've been selling for a really long time, you have really got to try and stay up to date. And you've got to look back at your old resources and make sure that they don't look outdated because they are covered in chevron and still rectangular or whatever. You know, you've got to kind of keep up with the newest trends in the way even just your listings look. I think it's really important to be mindful of what's trending just in every sense of the word. I think that's something that's really important. And it's just something to keep in mind with products because what teachers want constantly change. The types of resources they want and the way that they look and the concepts they want to, you know, at the end of the day, I think the concepts that teachers want to teach don't really change much. We all know that, you know, teachers are teaching addition this year, just like they were 10 years ago and 20 years ago. But the way that they teach it and the types of resources they want changes. And that's something as sellers, it's our job to keep up with and to know what's hot and what's not and to try and, you know, keep on top of trends if we can. I really hope that you've enjoyed this little episode. I thought it'd be like a fun, you know, real world example, going back in time, looking at things from my childhood that I now look at and think, wow, that was marketing genius. I thought that would be good fun. I hope you enjoyed that little anecdote. And I hope it's given you something to think about in terms of trends and capitalizing on what works, which is obviously a really important thing. I think the moral of the story is to work smarter, not harder. If you found what works, keep doing it. That's my, that's, I, I won't say just like, don't reinvent the wheel all the time just keep doing what works. I will put a link in the show notes to sign up for my weekly newsletter. And the reason I'm going to say that is because my weekly newsletters are a little bit like this episode. 
I like always starting off a little bit of a story telling you about my life or, you know, like in this case, my childhood and things. And I'll kind of share fun things about me, but I usually tend to try and tie them into a TPT related thing or a tip or whatever, or the podcast episode. And so this kind of thing, like hearing about this little diddle story and, and the marketing genius behind it, that's the sort of thing that I share in my weekly newsletters. I talk about things like this. So if you want to learn more of this kind of thing, hear more of these little anecdotes and, and learn more tips that way, if you've enjoyed this style of episode, I think you'll enjoy my little weekly email. So definitely be sure to sign up because I do love to do this kind of thing. And a final reminder that I mentioned earlier already, but your action item for this week is to dive into your data a little bit, whip open your product statistics and your dashboard and stuff have a little look at what is actually selling and doing well for you and think about how you can sort of cash in on that. And you can do that for big picture stuff like your whole store, you know, evergreen bestsellers. But you can also be looking at like the current month or season or the month ahead and be like, well, what was selling well last year? You know, look on your dashboard. What was selling well at Christmas last year? Hmm, maybe I should be making more Christmas resources like that this year. There's a lot of stuff you can do with this. So I definitely think that's a good thing to sit down and do this week. I hope that you have a terrific day. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Terrific Teacherpreneur. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and review on your preferred podcast listening platform. We really appreciate that effort. Come back for more actionable tips and helpful wisdom in the next episode with your host, Alex. Until then.